Well, good evening and welcome to chapel. Please sit, as it were. And welcome to the first of these chapel podcasts. Um, I, uh, I'm slightly out of my depth here te- technologically, but hopefully these will work and be a useful uh, time for us as a school community um, to sit and to reflect and to do perhaps what we would do normally in chapel on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday morning. So thanks for joining me. And I hope the next few minutes, and it will be just a brief, uh, a brief thought, but I hope the next few minutes are useful for you. I hope you've enjoyed the end of your first day of virtual learning. And uh, I look forward to um, getting, invo- getting more involved in that and understanding what it's like uh, as we go on. So you may have heard that on uh, Friday we had a moving, uh, leaving service for the year 13s. And I thought before we resume our series back with pop songs, I thought that I might um, just reflect a bit on that and um, perhaps share some of the reflections that I had at the time from the year 13s. Before that, though, I thought I'd have a little uh, nightly joke or weekly joke. And here's my joke for tonight. You ready? And this is in, the, in lieu of the sports report. Obviously, we don't have a sports report. So here's my, uh, my joke of the day. Um, how does Moses make his coffee? And the answer is he brews it. He brews it. So I hope you can restrain yourself from laughing too much at that. And now we're going to um, think about a psalm. And the psalm we're going to think about, which we read on Friday in the Leaver service, actually Mr. Angel read it very beautifully. And it's Psalm 91. It's actually been doing the rounds a bit at the moment. It's a very famous psalm, particularly read when life is tricky. And it may be worth, if you have a Bible in your house, it might be easier to follow if you can read it. So perhaps um, just uh, go and dig out that old Bible that uh, perhaps on the shelf somewhere. And um, tonight, to read it to us, we've got none other than actor David Suchet. So hopefully you've, you've got a Bible there, Psalm 91. And thank you, David, for reading it for us. Over to you, David. Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, The Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion, and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. 
David. In a moment, I'll just uh, give a few brief reflections on that psalm. But first, I thought what we'd do, um, rather than singing a hymn, though of course you're welcome to sing a hymn if you'd like, I thought we might listen to um, one of the hymns that we often sing, but perhaps put to a slightly different arrangement um, to that which we often sing it to. And so here is a setting of Be Thou My Vision, which I found um, very poignant earlier when I heard it. Um, I hope you enjoy it.
it. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. Perhaps you sang along. Um, but a beautiful set of the Be Thou My Vision. <clears throat> and if you listen carefully to that psalm that uh, David Suchet read for us just before the hymn, uh, you'd have noticed there was a verse in it that's particularly apt um, for the current situation. The Bible I have in front of me, uh, verse 9 and 10, read like this. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, and no plague come near your tent. No plague come near your tent, says the psalmist, if you make the Most High your refuge. And yet, though we don't live in tents, uh, most of us, as far as I'm aware, a plague has come near, hasn't it? Our country, our continent, even our world. I had an email today from a friend of mine in Peru saying that he was uh, on lockdown in the place that I used to live in Peru. Um, and I was reflecting with, with my wife earlier that it's strange, isn't it, that how many thousand miles away that is, a very similar situation. It never happened in my lifetime. Um, a plague has come near our world. And so I think it's right um, that those of us who trust in God, those of us who have a faith in God, uh, that we ask the question, why? I think the Bible encourages us to ask that question, even though there aren't easy answers. It's okay to ask the question, why? Why, God, have you allowed this to happen? Why have you allowed this plague to come near our tent? Why have you allowed this virus to go round our planet? Why did you allow this, God? It's okay to ask the question, why? And there are no easy answers. I guess some of you, the older ones of you who have studied RS, will have thought about these questions before. Uh, you'll have thought about the problem of suffering, the problem of evil. It's the age-old problem that... Um, I think everyone is confronted with in many ways. And I'm not going to pretend there's an easy answer um, as I speak to you uh, this evening. But I do think there are two things that the Bible always looks to at these times. Two things when times are difficult that the Bible always points us towards. And I want just to briefly touch on both of them just in the next uh, one or two minutes. The first one is that God is in control. The Bible never shies away from God being in total control of what's going on. And of course, in some ways, that makes the question harder, doesn't it? It would be easier in some ways to say, oh, God didn't want this to happen, but it was out of his control. But the Bible never says that. Those first two verses of Psalm 91, uh, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. The Bible speaks of a God who is in charge, who is in charge of everything. And actually, though, it makes the question harder it's also, I think, a huge comfort at times like this. God is in charge. We might not understand why he's doing what he's doing, but he's in charge of what's happening. And the second thing the Bible always goes to at times like this is God's love for us. God's in charge and God is good and loves us. Let me just read you a couple of verses that were also read at the year 13 Levers service. It says this, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. See what that says? Love, the very definition of love, according to the Bible, is, is shown in God's love for us and how God sent the Lord Jesus to die for us, to be the sacrifice for our sins. So those two pillars, I think, help us as we think this through. Both uh, pillar one, God is in charge. God's in control of this universe. And number two, that God loves us. God is good and God is for us. And those things, I think, come together perhaps most 
wonderfully on Good Friday, 2000. Just think back to Good Friday. It's the right time of year to be doing this. Think back to that first Easter. And on Good Friday, as Jesus was put on that cross, I guess it looked as though the world was out of control. It looked as though evil had triumphed as Jesus was uh, executed on that cross just outside Jerusalem. And yet we know, just a few days later, uh, Jesus' victory on Easter Sunday, that was God in control showing his love for us. I don't know uh, how fondly you think of the chapel building at school. Um, it's a building that I love. And I remember when I first came to Elton College a number of years ago, and my predecessor, Reverend Swaffield, um, welcomed me. And I remember distinctly, I remember him saying to me, he said, look around you, just try, if you can, just think of the chapel in your mind's eye. He said, look around you, you see this chapel is, is very low church. There, there aren't many ornate decorations in our chapel at school. That's deliberate. But he said, there is one decoration. There's one thing that we have on the walls. And that's a cross. Just behind the lectern at the front next to the organ, there is a small wooden cross uh, on the wall. And he said, that's deliberate because that's the thing we want to focus on. God's love for us. You see, the cross of Jesus shows us both that God's in control. He was in control on Good Friday and on Easter Sunday. And that God loves us. He sent his son to die for us. There's a famous poem uh, which Queen Elizabeth um, famously loves. It was published in her uh, 90th birthday book. And, uh, and she says that she loves it herself. It's called God Knows, at the gate of the year. And I thought it was quite appropriate at the moment particularly as I speak in five minutes' time, Boris is going to address the nation. I'm not quite sure what he's going to say. Um, but the poem says this, and this is uh, how I'll finish. It says this, I said to the man who stood at the gate, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. He replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth, and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night. And those first two verses again. The one who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. It's my prayer for us that we will be able to trust God at this tricky time. We'll be able to cast all our anxieties on him, knowing that he is good he loves us, and he's in charge. Shall I pray for us as we close? Our Father in heaven, thank you that you are good. Thank you that you care so much for each one of us, that you love us so much you sent your only son to die for us that first Easter all those years ago. And thank you too that you're in control, and we don't know quite why these things are happening, but we do know that you're in charge. And we pray, our Father, now that you would give us your peace as we come to trust in you. We pray that we'd make you our refuge and dwell in your shelter. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon us and remain with us always. Amen.